You're now listening to The Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White Featuring Justin Lee Ken W.O. And Junior, your boy And your King boy Mac. King Mac What's up King Mac, I appreciate it What's up King Mac, I appreciate it everybody this is your boy ken wo uh coming to you the nwo music is playing in the background a little tribute out to my man scott hall we got the usual cast of characters we got king mac here we have justin we have junior and we have our special guest matt crawford well-known nwo how you doing matt i am doing great tonight man thank you uh thank you guys for having me well excellent excellent what is your favorite Scott Hall memory? We're doing this show, uh, you know, a little bit of a tribute to the great Scott Hall who passed away the other night. And uh, I'd like to know your favorite memory of him since you are a big fan. I mean, it has to be uh, just kind of when it all started with WCW and the NWO, man. I mean, I was a big fan back in the 90s when he was Razor Ramon. I mean, how could you not be? But um, the game changed, you know, when, when the NWO started. And when he was the first one out there, I mean, it just it just changed it just changed wrestling forever. Right. I was always a WWF guy, and and then uh, when I heard that Razor Ramon showed up on WCW, I had to check it out and see what was going on down there because he was one of my favorites in WWF. And then he just all of a sudden appears there. It was it was wild. Um, and you guys, you guys might appreciate Scott Hall because. He tagged up at SummerSlam 1994. Well, he had in his corner Walter Payton. Uh, that was the one mistake he made in his entire career. Oh, fuck, up with a fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was a nice portion of the show, and you fucked it up. <laughs> I'm fucking so, real. Well, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Uh, Scott Hall <laughs> teamed up with uh, Walter Payton. You know, it happens. So, so what's going on, Junior? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Uh, I'd probably say... My, I don't know my favorite moment. I mean, I think everyone's favorite moment with Scott is probably NWO. But my first ever memory I have with Scott was, I remember I was maybe four or five years old. I didn't start watching wrestling till like 96, 97. So obviously was still a little fucking piece of shit. WrestleMania 10 happened. But I remember going to like one of the family videos with my dad in like 96 again 96 97 whatever it was and you were able to rent like the pay-per-views right so we my dad rented wrestlemania 10 and first match i ever watched no bullshit was the ladder match with scott and sean um sean michaels still my favorite to this day number two was scott hall um and he just made it so fucking cool to be a bad guy um no pun intended but he just made it cool. He made it cool to be a bad guy, and you had to root for him no matter what. And another thing I think, and maybe you guys can agree, um, I've heard Kevin Nash say it, Triple H, multiple you know entertainers have said it, of just how smart he was with the business. Um, like Sting's persona when he came as like the crow, that idea was pitched to uh, Sting by Scott Hall. So, um, you know, it sucks. He's literally a living legend's gone. And one last thing, and I'll let Justin go. 
the money these guys get now, Scott and Kevin literally paved the way to allow that to happen. If Scott and Kevin don't do that, these guys are still wrestling for $150,000, $200,000 for 300 nights out of the year. You know, you look at your Brock Lesnar, who's on TV, what, maybe 40 times a year, if that, you know, so and who knows what he's making. So Scott Hall is literally a pioneer. And uh, yeah, it sucks because he's literally just a hero of of mine, at least. And uh, I love the NWO and we got two more left and let's hope we can uh, hold on to them for as long as possible. You know, it's crazy how he lasted as long as he did, too. I mean, how many times that guy have, you know, been down for the count for him to, you know, just stay alive as long as he did with the stories that you hear and just the health that you saw. It's 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 kind of surreal. Right. I mean, it it, I tweeted out, you know, when it happened that I was, uh, you know, I'm a little happy that he got to last as long as he did, because he did get the bouquets thrown at him toward the last five seven years or whatever of his life because before that you know he was bad into addiction and you know he was in awful shape and then he worked himself into great shape and got you know straightened his life out and got the applauses for that and you know went into the hall of fame twice but then it kind of sucks that he did all this and then he dies of a blood clot after a hip surgery you know out of all the things the guy did that's what took him wow yeah that's fucked up Yes, that was pretty sad, but at least he got to see how much everybody cared for him and all that. How about you, Justin? Any memories of uh, Scott Hall? Uh, Not really. Uh, To be honest with you, as a White Sox fan, NWO is a big part of who we are cosmetically. You know, we we wear the shirts. The black and uh, white. Wolf pack signs. You know, everybody's taking photos. I see this guy with long, slick black hair and a fucking toothpick. And everybody's worshiping him. You know, uh, I got my boy, uh, Northwest Indiana Steve, and he's replying to everybody with a fucking Scott Hall gift. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, I did a little research, and I got into Scott Hall, the man. And this is so sad, guys, because you got to think, bro, like how many people idolize this guy that you got to share a locker room with? Like his fingerprint will be on wrestling forever. The showmanship the the strategy the the way to carry out a plot nobody was better than, than scott hall and, and people we see all that he said post about this man you got to think he's gone forever he's gone so all we gonna have is his stories and his fingerprint on the game and i'm not even into wrestling now but i would rather watch pokemon than a fucking <laughs> raw match right now Cut his mic. You know, got to catch them all, motherfucker. But Scott Hall is a legend. And that's even from a guy like me, you know, who's who's talking about the Pokemon in the same sentence with this guy's name. I I feel sad for wrestling. But at the end of the day, thank God there's Peacock on the TV. So we could go ahead and relive his greatest (laughs) moments. But RIP to a legend. One more thing. Definitely RIP to a legend. But I thought 42 fucking days ago, we were saying RIP to a fucking legend. And I'm looking at this motherfucker right now, Matt Crawford. And in his fucking bio, he says, fan of the goat. Why won't your guy just call it quits? Why, why won't he call it quits, man? I mean, why does he need to? You know, I mean, the I've guy seen keeps his winning. fucking face. You know, like, like I tell everybody, 
you know, it's not too late to hop on the ship and get in on the ground floor. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's not fucking leaving. Leo said it best. He's not fucking leaving. I'm fucking leaving. Um, so why would he want to go back to his supermodel wife and probably his perfect kids when he can just keep getting in these NFC championship games? You know, he's been in the Super Bowl half his career. Why would he stop? I mean, he had a hell of a year this year, too. It's not like he's slowing down. I mean, he can still drive the ball. You know, they had devastating injuries. So, you know, I can't blame the guy for wanting to come back and still play at a high level. Give me a scenario where Tom Brady uses the four years Aaron Rodgers just signed for Green Bay against him. You think I Tom hope. got five more years left? I mean, gun to my head. I wouldn't rule it out, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, but I'm sure people said that five years ago, right? I like, think. When, when is enough enough? So something I was thinking about uh, Monday or maybe yesterday. So he's got one more year left on his deal. And he said something interesting in, in the tweet or Instagram post, whatever it was. He's got unfinished business. And I sat there and I thought, I'm like, what unfinished business do you have? Like, do you have seven Super Bowl rings? You've, you've said you've been to the Super Bowl 11, 12 times, more than half of your career. I truly think he's going to give it one more go in Tampa. And he's darting his way to San Francisco. I really think he wants to be a Niner. He grew up a Niners fan, Cali boy. They're on the fence with Jimmy G. But then again, if he goes to San Francisco, which oh my fucking god, that would be sick to watch. Brady and Debo. What do you what do you do? What do you do? What do you do with Trey Lance? Do you just like kick Trey Lance to the curb? Because you see, you see what Green Bay is doing now. They brought Aaron back for three, four more years, and they basically said, Hey, we know that pick with Jordan Love is now over with. We fucked up with that. If you bring in a Tom Brady, do you concede the Trey Lance pick and be like, Yeah, we we fucked that up, or hey, that's not the way we want to go. We're in win now. And Tom gives us a better chance. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to San Francisco, man. I think I think he likes that East Coast. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Justin, you were saying, can you imagine him with Debo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Brady for his career. I mean, outside of Moss, I mean, he hasn't really had you know elite weapons. You know, he's had some. You know, I guess you can. He had Aaron you know, Hernandez and Gronk. That, that two tight end set. But when he I ran agree. the ball, I mean, a lot these are too. these are jobbers, right? That that he he just makes look good, you know. Like who I mean, did he have? He had Dion Branch. He had Welker. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't Julian had Edelman much. I'm not, I'm not a big Tom Brady. Julian fan. Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Julian Edelman. I forgot yeah. him. I'm not a big uh, big Brady fan because of what he did to the Raiders with all that bullshit, the Tuck rule. You know, I, I do like him a little bit better since he's moved on to Tampa Bay. Like, he doesn't sicken me as much. Um, I was kind of happy when he retired, but then he came back. So, you know, what are you going to do? I think he'll be successful. They're going to win that division, you know, no problem. So he'll be yeah. in the playoffs again. We'll see what happens with him. I think that's yeah. why he came back, too. He knows fucking the South is down garbage. right now. Yeah, it's trash. Right. Yeah, it's hot garbage right now. Even if the Saints get Deshaun Watson, like, he's still going to walk away with that division. It doesn't matter. Right. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm glad uh, he uh, – I'm glad Brady came back. Uh, it just shows how the fucking praise – of Aaron Rodgers is just ridiculous because this man goes to the playoffs every year. I'm a Bears fan, but he's in a weak fucking division where basically he can run with the division every year and he does nothing with it. 
And everybody just loved the fact he put up all these insignificant numbers because he don't win. So I'm glad Brady back, you know, a guy who actually goes out there and continuously wins, no participation trophy. He's a killer out there on the field. I respect that. I always say Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, Serena Williams, and Derek Jeter, as far as when it comes to sports, are some of the best uh, mindsets when it comes to competitiveness I've seen. So I'm glad he's back. I mean, it's it's not like you're going to see a Tom Brady around in the next 10 years, someone who has that fucking mentality of, I want to win, I want to whoop your ass. And to me, especially in today's society where everybody is just great and they don't even fucking do anything, but they just great. I like to see a guy like Tom Brady around, you know, I hate to see when those guys retire. It hurt me when MJ retired. It hurt me when Kobe retired, rest in peace. So I'm glad we get to see a couple of more years of of Tom Brady, man. We get to see a true competitor who goes out there and compete. Not none of this old soft shit they got going on in sports now. So I'm glad he back, you know. You know, and I'm kind of glad Rodgers is back, too, because, full disclosure, I fucking hate the Bears. I hate everything about them. Someone cancel his ass You make me sick. Someone cancel this motherfucker. I'm just saying. Hey, quiet. Leave him talk. Shut up. Just seeing, like. Surprised you got your mic to work. (laughs) Seeing, like, how certain on Twitter Bears fans were that Rodgers was done, even from the beginning of last year with all the, you know, uh, COVID bullshit and all that. And, oh, yeah, he's not going to play. And then, oh, yeah, he's going to be gone after this year. Everybody knew deep down inside that he was coming back. And it just – it warms my soul. Like, I was never a Green Bay fan. But, man, am I an Aaron Rodgers guy. Like, that that fucking guy. Anything he can do to piss Bears and Bears fans off. You're part of I'm, the fucking I'm problem, all for Crawford. I, I, I'm, I glad he, I'm glad he's back, too. <laughs> I'm glad he's back, too. I, I think – what what my man? Since y'all love wrestling, what Ric Flair say in order to be the man? Oh, uh, do stop! You got that shit. Beat the man. Quit that shit. Because I, so I, I got into it. I got into it. People on Twitter, right? Like, oh, I'm happy Aaron Rodgers is back, so Justin Fields can dethrone him. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> we're not beating the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. It's just really that fucking simple. It's that simple. Well, then we don't deserve to go. That's bullshit. And get a championship then. We don't. So If you so can't if, beat the best, then you deserve to be what what uh, let's, what let's, my let's man high say, mired in mediocrity. You deserve it we'll, then. We'll get, you we'll can't get beat that, the best. We'll get, we'll get to that poverty-ass franchise here in a minute. All right? Whoa, but whoa, If whoa. the Bears – yeah, I said it. If the Bears were to win a Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the Packers, it don't – I don't – I'm screaming like a fucking kid. I'm screaming like well, a guess what? He happens to be on the Packers, and the Bears got to well, go guess, through. I guess we're waiting four years till we can possibly see a Super Bowl. Well, it's just a damn shame that they fired Nagy. You know, I mean, this <laughs> guy is. <laughs> I told you, offensive we're not genius. doing that. Coach of the year. I mean, these are just the facts, oh right? He was my there for the for the uh, the development of Patrick Mahomes. Would you could say top three? <laughs> okay, like these are just the facts. So to let him go because pace fucking team up so bad. I swear to God, I do. You give you give Fields an offensive line instead of a bunch of bums, and I think if he can run Nagy's offense, 
I'm just saying, maybe they could go toe-to-toe. Hey, you know, if you're talking about the best franchises in sports history, what one comes up a lot? The Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They're a model franchise. And look at what they just did. They took you're fucking Trubisky, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I got three great friends up in Pittsburgh that are hating their lives right now. <laughs> hating their fucking They life. don't know how good they're about to have. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not. Yesterday morning. I fucking went upstairs, grabbed my Mitch Trubisky blue number 10 jersey and shipped it out to Pittsburgh to them. And in there, it just, I brought a white piece of paper, just said, enjoy it. And shipped it out to one of them. <laughs> they are, they are going to hate their fucking life. Hate their fucking life. Wait I'm till, wait till he sack yourself for the first time. <laughs> They're going to enjoy Oh it. my God. When he run out of bounds and sack himself. Yeah, it's going to be. When he, when he, when he can clearly run for a first down and decides to fucking just fall. Or yeah. Wait, wait till that happens. He just throw an interception for no reason. Like, you know what? I'm just going to your boy, Najee Harris is going to go down the fucking drain with Mitch as his quarterback. Oh no. He's going to, he's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Mitch yeah, is a threat. He's a dual threat. He could run, he could pass, he could do Absolutely. it all. And uh, Najee's like, going to reap the seems, benefits of that. Seems like Mitch has turned into an all-pro, huh, Ken? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, fame. yeah, he has been. Get his, he has get his been jacket all ready. Pro. Get his jacket right? ready for a Hall of Fame for Canton. So, oh, wait, has sure. Derek Carr been all-pro, Ken? <laughs> yes, he has. I'm sure he has. I don't know that for sure. But... <laughs> Who has a higher kid war, Derek Carr or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, right definitely now. Derek Carr. Definitely Derek Carr. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of my Raiders, Chandler Jones comes aboard to form a, no a serious cares. tag team with Max Crosby. <laughs> You know, the other teams are getting uh, all these quarterbacks. They're going to have a hard time when they're facing the Raiders when they're on their back the whole game because these guys are sacking them every other play. Just watch out for my Raiders. They're going to be just fine. The Everybody worst win. The, the worst win well, franchise. That, uh, now that Mac was traded, did uh, did the Raiders officially win that trade? Both oh, absolutely. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, okay. baby. You I didn't so do too. anything. You didn't do anything. Josh Jacobs, very good. Very good player. Home run of a trade, a in my opinion. I don't give a fuck. You drafted I mean, it a running back in the first round. If, That's a loss right there. It would have been better if uh, Henry Ruggs didn't didn't uh, have his little mishap out in Vegas. But, you know, it's still pretty good. Ken, I kind of feel sorry for you because you got Henry Ruggs and Tony La Russa behind the wheel. Like, uh, is it because you're a fan or what? what's going on? What's up with these Grand Theft Auto fucking superstars? Uh, I have no comment uh, on that at this time. Ken was told by his lawyers not to speak about that. Yeah, I can't speak about <laughs> Get that. Get off the podium. <laughs> Something we could speak about, though, is what is going on at 35th and Shields, guys. We didn't um, sign Chris Bryant? Not a whole lot um, as far as free agent moves or trades. Not a whole lot. Everyone's, seeing... get, everyone's getting better, and we're not. Yeah. The Blue Jays are looking really good to me. According right to White Sox Twitter, we had the best bullpen in baseball yes last year, and we're still adding pieces to the bullpen. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If you already I, got the best, it ain't funny. <laughs> if you already got the best, why you keep adding pieces to that? This, this is why I continue to say Rick Hahn is not a great fucking GM. Now, Junior, you can say what the fuck you want to say about Kenny Williams, but the fact is, he produced with his owner. He got you your only fucking World Series ring as a fan. Your only parade you got to see was because of Kenny Williams. And he did it with Jerry Reinsdorf, who every all White Sox fans say is cheap. 
They hate, they dislike, he don't spend enough money. Those are the circumstances Kenny Williams brought you a championship out of. Rick Hahn, who's been able to spend money, he has chosen to just go get fucking bullpen arm after bullpen arm after fucking bullpen arm. He didn't address second base. He didn't address right field. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a fucking Conforto fan. I would rather... Vaughn be out there than fucking Michael Conforto. And I, I don't care about Jerry blowing his money, but I don't even want to see Jerry overpay for Michael Conforto. But this guy is a GM, bro. He's just not great. It's not uh, He's not making smart decisions. He's like fucking five years behind. He think this is when the Kansas City Royals won the fucking championship with the great bullpen they had. I mean, when you when you really look at it, like the Royals, and I'm trying to, Ken, you can help me out. Who who else done it with a bullpen? This is like the Royals and maybe maybe one other fucking team, if you can think about it. I mean, I just don't understand this guy, bro. I don't. Yeah, no, it, I. It's like the a Royals waste of resources. did it. I don't know who else. Yeah, did it. It's, it's no, no, no. <laughs> maybe the Reds. The Reds in 1990 with the Nasty Boys. They yeah. were pretty tough. So we coming up but with. They two. had Eric Davis though, and Barry yeah. Larkin. They had some stars. True, but that bullpen was solid, and they, they shut nasty. it down. Like yeah. the White Sox struggled because they didn't have enough impact bats. Like everybody talk about on base percentage. Good, the guy get on base, he can walk. I'm sorry, Matt. But, I'm sorry. But, but when it's time to fucking drive in runs, he can't do it. Think about it. He can walk. I give him that. He can walk. But when it's a guy on second or a guy on third, he can't make contact to drive this guy in. That's what baseball is all about. It's a simple fucking sport. You do a job. You know, it's that simple. You need impact bats. How, how did the Braves win? They was like fucking 12th in on-base percentage. How they win? Because they had guys that could put the ball over the fence. They weren't dependent on the guy to drive them in. That's baseball. And you look at you look at the White Sox and they've like in the history when they've been good, we'll just say last 20 years. The years the White Sox have been good, what's one thing they all have in common those years? They all hit fucking cock shots. Ball go far. <clears throat> ball go very far. That's Ken Wu's favorite saying. I'm shocked he didn't uh, coin that so he can get paid off of it. Ball go <laughs> yeah, far. Team Ball go, go far, far. Team go far. I got to pay that motherfucker for a picture, and that's my white uncle. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think it, all this being said, I know you guys disagree with me, but I'm still ranking the Sox as the top two team in the America. Absolutely. 100%. What? I am. No. I really am. And – they I, can go to, no, go I ahead, agree go with Mac there that Rick Hahn is wasting a lot of their resources on bullpen guys that aren't needed. Cause right now, I mean, I know they're going to start the year out maybe with a couple extra roster spots, but Jose Ruiz was just as good as these guys that he's given $25 million to. Like if, if you're a reliever, Rick Hahn will throw $20 million at you, no problem, but he won't throw money at, at anybody else. And that kind of, like, we, we could be the best team in the American League instead of, you know, maybe the second best or third best. But he's not spending I just, money I just thought in the right was, spot. He's got the money. Yeah. He's spending it, but he's not doing I, it. I right think time. I read somewhere that the White Sox are close to, like, $200 million as a team. I think we're oh, at, like, yeah, 170, they're fifth 180. In the league. Yeah, fifth, fifth or fourth in the league. Okay, they're fifth in the league. 
and they had they haven't went out and got one impact back. Like, yeah. how is that a smart use of resources? Like, you traded a solid second baseman for Kimber. So that's your that that's a bullpen arm. You used your first round capital, like uh in for crochet. That's right. a bullpen arm. You you went out there and you signed uh Liam Hendricks. That's a bullpen arm. You traded and he's not on the team you, anymore. You traded for Tapera last year. Yeah, you you had Aaron Bummer already. That's a bullpen arm. Like, I mean, and you gave him an extension. Right, and then I mean, they went and signed Graveman and uh, now Kelly, Kelly, Kelly yeah. uh, Joe Kelly, and Kelly, and Kelly's coming back from an injury, a nerve injury. Yeah, I mean, he's not even going to start with the he's team. Not even going to start with the I team. Just, so it's like, when do we expect to see him? And sorry to cut you off. When you bring him in, what do you do? Like, you send someone down, you cut someone. Like, what? The, what the hell do you do? Not only that, bullpen has historically been one of the most up and down uh, part of a team. Period. Sure. Like, if you go look at all our great bullpens arms in White Sox history, especially like in 05, 06, 07, 08, those guys was all found off the scrap heap. Matt Thorne, Donaldson Marte. Bobby Jenks. Bobby Jenks. Bobby Jenks. These, these one, yeah, these one guys that, you know, was the, was the lead and Kenny Williams was giving – Twenty million dollars to ten million dollars per year to these was guys Kenny Williams found off the scrap heap. I mean, it's very hard for bullpen guys to stay consistent. That's normally why, like the guys like uh, the closers, get the most money because they're normally the most dependable out of the bullpen guy. But even they go up and down. So why would you spend your money, your resources, on something you know? It's not really dependable. That goes and, up and, and down every year. The one time that Kenny Williams spent a lot of money on the bullpen was for Scott Linebrink, and he was terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean so, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think we got to wait and see, you know, how the, the rest of the offseason plays out because there are still guys out there. You know, it's, it's hard being an optimistic Sox fan, just like knowing the history and just the ups and downs and more downs, but there are still guys out there that could fit on the team. And I think the team right now, like Ken said, is a top two team in the American League. Right. They can go to war with anybody. There isn't a team that is significantly better than them. And, you know, I know, I Mac, know you mentioned that. impact bats. They have five or six guys. That one through six is fucking loaded. And these are guys that are still growing. I mean, Luis Robert, I don't even think he has a full season under him. And – the second half that he had years last season was fucking terrifying. But doesn't doesn't that scare you though that Luis Robert is hurt? It seems like every other. No, week. I mean that was just a. His injuries have been what? I think his hand. You know, I mean, and and I mean, the he, last was, he was he was he was hurt severe, nonstop but... in the minors. He was hurt very often. I'm not too concerned with that. I mean, when this guy is online, that he he is an eight war player. Hundred. Well, a... we we've we've said it before on here multiple times. He. It would not surprise any of us, and I think you would even say, if fucking nine months from now we see him holding up the MVP trophy, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not once surprise Once or me. twice at least if the numbers oh, match up to the talent. But but it's not just him. I mean, you still have, you know, I mean, you're one through six. T.A., Moncada's always two, right? Sorry, Ken, but Abreu needs to get pushed off from three. Robert has to be three. Fuck Abreu, you. four. Eloy, five. I mean, Eloy still hasn't, you know – 
that guy is going to be a superstar and an offensive weapon. Fucking Grandall, Vaughn. I mean, they have guys across the board. They just have to stay healthy. Not to mention they're starting pitching. They're Can they stay three. healthy? Can they stay healthy? That's the thing. None of those guys every, have been healthy. That's every team, right? Look at the Yankees, you know, and people are putting the Yankees above the White Sox. Not a fucking chance. People are but, stupid, Matt. I agree. I mean, uh, I don't know. I seen the White Sox get kicked in the mouth in the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I agree. They, I mean, they, have to, they have to. They have to get it together in the playoffs. I mean, I like seeing all the talks with them going out there and looking at like a Sean Manaya and you know Frankie Montes. But like, that's not what we need. Like, we don't need another pitcher. We we have three guys like that. The White Sox, to me, obviously, you need a second baseman. Which, if they're fine with Josh Harrison, whatever, they should have got Simeon. I mean, they should have just. Yeah, I agree. Up, I agree. Got got Simeon. Reinforce the pen a little bit, get another starter just for depth, and roll with that and go. Because now, I mean, you're, I mean, we all saw it last year. Like starting pitching last year in October was brutal. It was, yeah. it was rough. I think you needed to go out there and get a guy, whether it was via free agency or trade, put all the money out there, send assets away, prospects, current MLB players, and get that guy, that dog who's going to go out there in October every three, four days, not three, four games, three, four days, and is going to give you a chance to win. I'm not saying go out there and spend $40 million, $45 million a year on a Scherzer, but you can find a pitcher like that who's going to go out there in game one, win, and then game four, he's going to say, no, coach, I'm going out there to win this fucking five-game series so we can fucking play next series. Like, that's the guy we needed because when you look at October last year, Lance Lynn got his fucking ass kicked. Lucas Giolito got his ass kicked. Dylan Cease couldn't get out of the second inning. And Carlos Rodon's arm is dead. So it's like, you know, I thought we needed that guy, and I'm not sold. I like Michael Kopech a lot, but White Sox fans thinking he's going to come in throw 160, 170 innings, I don't think that's happening. That's unrealistic. I don't think that's even happening. That's unrealistic. I mean, I like to be optimistic, too. I'm a White Sox fan. I want to say they are top two uh, team in the AL, but then again, I can't really say that, man, because if you I mean, look who, at some of these who's other teams. The Blue Jays, the Astros? I mean, like, who's above them? the Blue Jays getting better. I like and the Blue young. Jays the best out and of it, all of them. And if you, the Blue Jays are going to be a juggernaut. And if yeah. you be honest, they bats. They young bats is probably better than our young bats. I mean, it's, especially sure. as far as impact goes. I mean, you're talking about almost a triple crown candidate in, in Vlad Jr. You know, you got... Uh, Boba Shad, who's hitting like his father, but taking it to another another <laughs> another level. Uh, they, Hernandez, Hernandez, uh, yeah, I mean Guerrero, and then my man wasn't even healthy Springer. last year. Uh, Springer out there in uh, center field, and so, then today they got leg. Chapman from the A's. Yeah, I mean, so and let's be and honest, they're trying to get uh, J Ram. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to if, work a if, deal for if they get him, is, if they get him, they get him. They got the best offense. I'm not gonna say yeah. it's over, but they got the they got the best I agree. bats. I agree. I agree. No, and, no, and no, I don't no, even no. think you can say the White Sox is better than the Astros. To be honest, still, I don't think you can say I just, that. I just want to say this about the. Uh, sorry, Matt. I just got to say this about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays just fucked over the White Sox big time because now you got probably three to four teams that are better than the White Sox in one division. That's not counting what Seattle just did with the Wink and Suarez. That's another lineup that's thirsty. Thirsty. Get them a chance. 
They signed Ooh. Robbie Ray for crying out loud. Seattle. saying the Mariners. Oh, the Mariners? That's a good I, team. I'm that's not a good saying, team. I'm not saying White Sox top two, man. I got to be honest. I'm not. No. I don't see I'm not it. either. Today was a very it. bad day for me as a Sox fan, red or white regardless. I'll because say this. none of my teams got better today. There's still a chance we could wake up tomorrow and hear Castiano signed. That will make me happy. That's oh, a guy I've been rooting for. That's a, at, at this point, at this point, I'll take Conforto, honestly. I'm I mean, I wanted you. Brian just to, just to piss off the Cubs. So did I. So did I mean, I. oh my god, that would have been beautiful. I don't want Conforto, um, man. I do not. I would love. I would love Conforto. I don't. I wanted the guy the Cubs just signed, the Japanese Suzuki? guy Suzuki. Yeah. That's the guy I wanted. I watched, you know, I watched like a 15 minute video on the guy, and I thought he was fucking phenomenal. He reminded me of. I I wrote it out after I watched the video. I said, "This guy reminds me of Maglio Ordonez." On the way home from work, they had uh, Dan Saborski or whatever. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. He was on. He was on the the radio, and he said, "You know, oh well, looking at these comps, the top guy is Magli Ordonez." I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, <laughs> that's why I wanted him. He reminded me of him the way he hit line shots into right center and center, and long high fly balls into left field out of the park. I was like, "Man, this guy looks like Ordonez." Well, the White Sox make the playoffs, yeah. They they will. Oh, yeah. I mean, they in a weak division, but the thing is, can they beat the teams that they're going to be playing against in the playoffs? I mean, where are my championship it, aspirations? It's it's a lot of question marks. It's a lot of question marks when you look at the White Sox. I mean, Giolito, honestly, he's not a real ace. Is he like a good number two guy? Yeah, or a good three? Yeah, but he's not an ace. Lynn, fastball heavy. Everybody can hit a fastball in the league, especially when you get in the playoffs. They, they can hit fastballs. That's what they – you're not in the MLB if you can't hit a fastball. So Well, he had a, he's had a rough career against Houston, so that was like has. the worst matchup he could have Yeah, had. it made no fucking sense. Yeah. Well, um, not even just against Houston, which is obviously true, but in Houston. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't fucking understand that. And, like, you know, we said, like, the Sox need an impact bat. I, can, I, I say yes or no because if you look at all four of those games, the Sox were winning at one point all four of those games. And then the pitching just went downhill. You look at game two, they took the lead 2-0. They tied it. The following next half inning, they took the lead 4-2 and I think ended up losing like 11-4. So they can get the lead. Again, they just don't have that guy who's going to go out there and give you six. Yeah, but a a one-run lead, two-run lead, that's not a big lead. Okay, Uh, but in October, that's all you need if you have a true fucking ace on the mound. The point well, but is, they don't, all right, against the, Oakland in, in the COVID season, right? I mean, you know, everybody was sending the pictures out and the look on his face, wow. and he was an absolute killer. And I know that A's lineup wasn't, you know, the Astros lineup, but I mean, he destroyed those fucks. Yeah. So I think it's in Giolito. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about Giolito going to a playoff game. I, I think he just had a bad day because he's shown that he can do it. And, and I believe it was game one when he just destroyed those guys. I think he was even pitching like a no-hitter through Oh, six okay. against the A's, the A's. Yeah, yeah. Um, game one, game one. So it's, yeah, but that wasn't a great lineup. I mean, you're I not. Mean, you, got, you got Chapman, you got Olsen. It, I mean, it, uh, it wasn't the Astros. Loriano. No, it definitely wasn't, yeah, it definitely wasn't the Astros. <laughs> you know, you go and you go, the Astros, they put pressure on you because they yeah. consistently make contact. You know, they're not going to strike out a lot. When they got guys on base, they're going to move them over. That's that's a that's that's a difference. They gonna they gonna take their walks. You give them a walk, they gonna take it. They not really swinging there too much out of the zone. 
They patient. I mean, with Giolito, it's like, to me, he's not that shutdown guy. You know what I mean? Like, is he a solid guy to pitch game three, game two? Yeah. But when you talk about the playoffs, you need somebody that you know can go down there and shut a lineup down. Historically, in the baseball playoffs, that's who have won. Guys who had starting pitching who can go down there and shut guys down. It's changing a little bit now with all these bullpen games, but historically it's been guys who had that ace. You look at the Diamondbacks. You look at uh, the White Sox. You look at uh, the Nationals. You know, it's historically been guys who had that pitching staff that can go out there and shut good offensive down. And I don't think, honestly, like the White Sox have that one guy who can do that? You know, everybody keeps saying Giolito this, Giolito that. Giolito haven't even put up really like a, a Chris Sale type season. A dom- he hasn't really put up like a true, true dominant season, a season where you can say this guy deserves to be the Cy Young. He hasn't put up that. We we He's haven't fifth. As, as a as a White Sox as White Sox fans, we haven't had that since Chris Sale has left. And then if you look at Cease. We don't know what we getting. Is he yeah, gonna go he out? Took a, he, he took a step up last year. I mean, he, and he his, took a his, step his, back his in the playoffs. Nine, his caper nine just shot up last year. So you know, I think a big problem is think, they're all I young think, pitchers. I think Dylan Cease, when he's like spot on and nothing's in his head, I think he's the best pitcher on the staff. I really do. But his if something goes wrong, fucking, it's over. If if something goes wrong for him, it is fucking. Yeah, over. he got and he it, got murdered in that playoff and, game, and it I showed mean, it showed against Houston. It was. That was rough. That was. But fucking he had an electric rough. first inning, which was one of the most electric experiences in a stadium I've ever been in. That first inning was. Come on, seized. Matt. You handing out participation trophies? <laughs> I know, man. Let <laughs> the man <laughs> speak. I don't talk. Thing. I mean, I'm an optimist. I, I'm, you know, I think their pitching staff just needs another guy, another three or. If they get Manaya, I'll be extremely happy. I don't think they're going to get Montez because they're saying it's going to cost Bond. I don't, here's the here's the thing. Here's the I don't thing. think they're gonna do that. I don't hate Vaughn, but we've said it before. I just don't think there's a there's a yeah. There's not a spot. There's not a spot for Vaughn. And I I talked to people on Twitter today. You know, people upset about trading Vaughn. If if they and they meaning Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, and Jerry, if they think trading Andrew Vaughn gives them the best chance of getting a ring this year, you do it. You do it. I'm gonna be you honest. And I might get killed for this, but I would I would have rather them trade Vaughn for Kimberly than, than Magical. At least Magical served <laughs> served the purpose and had a spot. I'm just being real. Mute with this you. man. Mute this yeah, man. I'm just being real with you, man. He advocated for North Pole. I would have rather them trade Vaughn. Vaughn is a. Let's be honest. He's a man without a position, especially on this team. Well, he he's but. I mean, if Abreu keeps hitting into ending killing double plays, then maybe he does How have dare a spot. You, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these are just the it's facts. I mean, here's, 28 here's... double plays, the next highest was 22. So 25% higher than the next guy. And, you know, there's a lot of chatter after this year. Is he going to be here? Is he that, not? That's, that's I what mean, I was just going to say. Is, and is... Vaughn just has to wait out one more year. I think he's going into pre-arb two. I mean, he's still young. He's fine. I mean, he has a position. He just has to... And, and, even, and even with all that, though, Matt, he still was your best run producer. 
Abreu still was the top run producer on the white side. Well, you know, when Moncada gets on base, you know, I mean, there you go. <laughs> no. He didn't score any runs. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> my, well, thing yeah. is, my thing is, is like you just brought up with Abreu, this is last year on that three-year deal. You know, and granted, like, don't get me wrong, not just on the White Sox, but you can say in baseball, he's been the most consistent player in the last eight years or so. Absolutely. He has been the definition of consistency. He's not he going another, nowhere, Junior. If he no, want to no, come back, let he me, come let me back. Speak, let me speak. I agree. If if he has another consistent year, 30 homers, 90 RBIs, 270, whatever, I think you're almost forced to bring him back. But if he if he doesn't do that, which I'm not betting against it because I think he has another good year, do you look at it as like, okay, maybe we got to let him go and insert Andrew Vaughn at first? We didn't maybe, do that. Maybe, we didn't do maybe that that's, to Paulie. Maybe, maybe that's fucking Rick Hahn's idea is, okay, when Abreu goes, this is where we're putting Vaughn. We don't even know what Vaughn is, though, honestly. We he just know, but I, no, but I feel I feel like you can put just about anybody at first base. I, I just want to know you, what it takes to get Luis Castillo because <laughs> clearly nothing, clearly yeah. fucking nothing. <laughs> because if you, if you could get him for Andrew Vaughn, oh, you do it in a heartbeat. I do it because that's a guy that could shut down a lineup. You know what I mean? That's well, the guy that could. Didn't he just get traded to the Angels? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he get so. traded to the Angels? Yeah, I don't did. know. It was uh, it was it was a fake report. It was fake, fake right? Oh, I oh, bought it. I, I it bought real. into it, but it was I thought fake. it was real. Yeah, it was Ken Wells burner. Yeah, somebody that, burned that's, me. That's my thing is, if you Rick Hahn, why you why if you was going to trade Magical, who was a a fourth round, I mean a fourth overall pick, and you had Vaughn, why you just didn't package those two guys and go get a dynamite player? A pretty, I'm pretty sure you put those two guys together, you could have got a true impactful player instead of just using one of them and getting the bullpen on. Why I, I you just didn't? A lot of it too. I think. <laughs> I think come deadline time, like, I wonder if, like, Han got scared and was just desperate. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I think need, he panicked because the bullpen was struggling. I think he, he panicked. I think he panicked. It, it, well, it, it was that no, bullpen was horrible. It yeah, was horrible. but it, it still was horrible in the playoffs. Right, right. So it didn't fix anything. If you but go, at the time, I mean, I love the deal. I mean, Kimbrell was the best pitcher in baseball. Starter, pitcher, yes. bullpen. He yes. was the best pitcher in baseball. And uh, came here and fell. And fell. That's because he wasn't. They weren't using him in where he should have been, where he was is used to being used. I truly think closers have like a mentality of like, I'm the ninth inning guy. That's it. When you bring him in in the seventh and eighth, I think that fucks with their psyche. But shouldn't you ha- shouldn't you have had that discussion? I agree. I agree. Before you pull the, the trigger on I that? agree. I agree. I think you had that discussion with him before you pull the trigger. You tell Jed or whoever the fucks are like, hey, let me talk to Craig. Like this is what's going down. If he goes, no, I don't want to do that, then you don't you don't make the trick. To, to show I mean, you how valuable Kimru is. They struggling to get rid of. Like, oh, like Han, Han is not even committed to Kim. Or, or maybe and they struggling maybe, and to get rid of. Maybe they brought in. I mean, again, being somewhat optimistic, maybe they brought in Graveman and Kelly, knowing at the deadline relief arms are way more valuable than any other time of the year, and they swap him for a bat or they swap him for something else. I, yeah. I don't know. But I mean, and especially that price tag, it's like seventeen million dollars. It's a huge price. Tag. I feel, you yeah. people are so fucking disrespectful. Craig Kimbrough is the World Series closer. Uh, the key to the Craig. Kimbrough he didn't even close out the World Series. He was a bum. Hold on, wait. Yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. Watch your fucking mouth. Jesus. Okay, Craig Kimbrough is the World Series closer. 
Sure. I understand that he's expensive and he's overweight. He looks washed right now. But at the same time, I could put money on Craig Kimbrell being better than Ryan Tapera for $16 million. Tapera was our best fucking reliever in the playoffs. He was. That's a two that's a two the month best. span. Carlos Rodon was good for two months. And you we we let him go by. Because Carlos Rodon can't stay healthy. Uh, His Craig, arm Kimbrell, is Craig Kimbrell is good. Craig Kimbrell I, is good. Craig I'm gonna Kimbrell, tell you right Craig now. Craig Kimbrell wasn't good, bro. He he got yeah. he got last year he wasn't he good. He got he got dominated in the playoffs, bro. Ahead, he Ken. wasn't no help at all. And and to me, that move, I'm going to be honest, that move made no sense. If you look at a chart, you should not be trading middle infielders for relievers unless it's like, and I hate to say it, but I give my man Theo some credit because he, he is good at identifying talent. Unless you're making a move like the Cubs did to get Chapman to lock everything in. If, if, that's, if that's, you know, this is going to get you over to here. Then you do that move. You trade a middle infielder for a reliever. But other than that, you don't do that, man. You do not I mean, the time, make that Kimber move. Was literally the best pitcher in all of baseball. So, you know, it's all we're thinking about is Kimbrell, what we saw in the White Sox. But that wasn't who he was when they traded for him. He was the best pitcher in baseball. Let me ask you so this. Just, Let me ask you this, uh, Matt. The White Sox at the time going into the playoffs, and everybody kept saying this, they were struggling at the time to score runs without having to put a bunch of hits together. Like, that's, yeah. all, that's all the uh, metric guys kept saying. White Sox hit the ball on the ground too much. White Sox need to get too many base hits to score runs. White Sox need more home runs. What was needed more? At the time of us going into the playoff, an a impact bat or a bullpen arm, we needed an impact bat. If you're going to trade Magical, go get that bat that can put some runs on the board for you instead of an arm that we all know, and I'm not saying this is Kimbrough's fault or Kimbrough wasn't good, but we know historically, just through the history of baseball, bullpen arms have been up and down. They're not dependable. You cannot depend on model, them yeah. year yeah. in and year out. So why make that move? That To me, he should have went and got a bat then. Maybe, okay, but maybe, I mean, again, I'm not knocking Nick Magical. Maybe some other teams and GMs don't see the value in Nick Magical that like a Jed Hoyer did. And you got to think, the Cubs were in a much different position than a bunch of other teams. The Cubs were looking to dump contracts and acquire as much talent as possible. Didn't really give a fuck the talent they were bringing in at all. And they saw an opportunity to get rid of Kimbrell, dump that money, and bring in a guy who they have control over for five, six years. I mean, you can look around at other teams that had bats that were available. You know, you could... Look at whatever. Did other teams think Nick Madrigal was valuable enough to where they would trade a dynamic bat for him? But he had no. Vaughn. He had Vaughn too. I, that's fine. Then package him. I I agree with you said with, with what you said 10, 15 minutes ago. You could have packaged him. He, you know what though? Look at the Braves. The Braves made deals and they didn't get like the big huge names. They picked up Jorge Soler basically off the scrap. Heap. Eddie they, Rosario. Eddie Rosario was off the scrap heap. <laughs> Duval wasn't even all that, you know, <laughs> impressive. And those guys all came in and produced. Junior, we didn't get that. Junior, guess who was good at picking guys up off the scrap heap? Fucking good. Kenny Williams. <laughs> Jeff Blum. This fuck Jeff Black Blum Panther. walk off home run. 
Willie yeah. Harris so stealing important bases. <laughs> Look who was great at that. But I'm just being real, man. I would have rather the White Sox traded Vine and Magical for Mad Max. <laughs> at least to me, that would have made more. That would have made more sense. You, you bring if- you bring in a guy who could potentially dominate as a starting pitcher. I can understand that move. Than going to get a guy to try to help you in the back of the bullpen, especially when you have starters that was <laughs> that you don't even know can get you to that point. It, it, you know what's my biggest problem right now, though, is the fact that they did not address backup catcher. Like, it makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense. You have Grandel who, you know, at the end of the second half of the year, he was fucking killing the ball, and he was huge for your team. You need him in the lineup. You have to protect that guy. He's had two knee surgeries, and they have nobody that could come in and catch for him. I think it's a recipe for disaster, and it's negligent that he that they haven't found any backup catcher uh, this this offseason. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. You can you can make an argument, Grandel and Robert, during the second part of the season, probably was two of the five best players in the league with the second halves they had with Robert and, and Grandel. And that's coming from a guy who's not a Grandel fan. But in the second yeah, half, no, I agree. those guys, both of those guys, they dominated. I just don't think Grandel is a catcher as far as defensively that you should feel comfortable with taking in the playoffs. I, he doesn't block the ball well. He doesn't throw out runners well. And those are all important things, as you can see, in the playoffs. I mean, look how the the catcher for the Astros kind of null and void, Robert Speed, T.A. Speed, all of those is important. Not giving up extra bases, blocking the ball, making your pitchers feel comfortable that they can throw their best breaking ball pitch. I think, to me, Grandel should be the D.H. Maybe you catch him 80 times during the year. Maybe he catches 80 times during the year. But go get you a lockdown catcher, and you could put Grandel at D8. You can have Eloy in left, Robert in center, whoever in fucking right, and second base, Josh Harrison, Leroy, whatever. But to me, you have to get somebody who can catch that ball in the playoffs because if not, it's going to hurt you. And we've seen that. No, you're preaching right now, and you got to think a lot of these jagoffs that's using F War and G War, they're not using Ken War for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> Grandal is a is a is a manager's dream because you don't have to catch him every day. I don't want to wish ill upon nobody, but that knee injury in the season that actually helped the White Sox. Okay, but you can you can say you, you can, can go say. out and get a catcher and still have Grandal's switch-hitting ability in the lineup. First base probably 10% of the time, DH him 25 to 30% of the time, depending on how you want to make the lineup. He can even play first. He can play first. I wouldn't even he play him at first, though. I would just – You don't have to. I would you just use him. And Andrew Vaughn. I would just use him, like I say, he can catch 80 games a year. That'll make him happy. You could DH him. The rest of the 80. And that way you can play the Mitch match game with Gavin Sheets or however you want to do it at the DH position. But in the playoffs, it's just be good to have a solid defender back there as a catcher. I'm telling you, watching that Astros game, that should have opened up 
people eyes like my man uh uh what's his name? Give me his Jordan Lazowski. That should have opened up their eyes, man, because you can see it plain as day how Grandel defensive abilities or lack thereof was hurting the White Sox. You got guys like Gio throws a, a nasty changeup. Or sometimes you throw a nasty curveball, a slider, whatever you want to call it. And these guys can't break off their best pitch with a guy on base because they don't know if this guy can block the ball or not. Because the guy might score from third or the guy might go from second to third or from first to second. All of that matters in the game. And that should have opened up people's eyes to that. And if you look on the other side, like I said before, look at the Astros catchers. He shut Robert down. Shut him down. Gunned his ass out of the second. He shut T.A. down. He didn't let one ball get by. I believe in one inning, the Astros scored like two runs, two extra runs, just off Grandel lack of defensive ability. You cannot give up two runs in the playoffs. That stuff matters. For sure. What's your take on Grandel, Matt? I mean, I agree. You know, they need a they need a backup catcher. You know, I mean, sure you can throw in Collins in these bullshit games and double hunters, but I mean, you get you got to have something. And you know, do they wait till the trade deadline and and get somebody for whatever it's going to cost? You know, but at the same time, make more sense to do it now to have some type of chemistry with these pitchers that you're going to be catching. So. Right. You know, everybody's saying how great of a defensive catcher Zabby is, but do you really want that guy in your playoff roster? Fuck no. 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 I don't <laughs> even think he's that great defensive. I don't think he's that. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Y'all you know. not going to do Zabby like that. I mean, that, Dan Victor not going to like this take. But uh, yeah. I, I think we back, need man. to get a solid defensive catcher and not even worry about his bat. Well, I mean, maybe it's a Yerminator. I mean, are they going to give that guy a fucking shot behind the plate? <laughs> I don't maybe think so. I don't, I don't think, think so, so Matt. You know what, though? About, I, I'm going to tell you. I'd give it a try at this fucking I'll, point. I'll tell you. At least he can hit the ball a little bit because these other guys can't do either one. So at yeah. least if you're going to have to go at one of these guys, at least he might be able to hit one that's out the, of the park. That's the thing, too. Uh, like, I, us, and I, like, trust I, me, I don't want him catching either. Like, I, do, I do not like but, Zach Collins. I don't think he brings anything to yeah, he doesn't bring a major league ball club. But if Zach Collins had good defense, I would live with it. I sure. fucking live with it. Look at the Astros with Maldonado. Bats like fucking one seventy, but you ain't running on him, and the Astros are okay with that. Facts. Like if if Zach Collins, that's what I'm saying. We had, got the perfect DH. If Zach, if Zach Collins had good defense, he could block a ball. There's not getting past him. Like can call a game. This fucking guy, I I'd be okay with him catching 70, 80 we, times we, a year. We got the perfect DH. He's worse DH. than Grandel is though. He's worse than. Oh, Grandel. he's terrible. I mean, that's yeah, if you want to talk about the winner who won the, the MLB negotiations, Zach Collins won the MLB negotiations. <laughs> people got to pay his ass $700,000. Can you imagine having to give Zach Collins $700,000? I would literally be sick to my stomach if I had to pay this guy $700,000. Just imagine that. But, I'm, hey. but I think the White Sox got to get a backup catcher. I think, to me, Grandel, I know, you know, he's a catcher. He want to catch and all that probably. But he can get 80 games a year. He's the perfect DH. Uh, you can use the Mitch and Match game with him and Zach Collins. I mean, not Zach Collins. I'm, y'all done got him stuck in my fucking head. But with him and Gavin Sheets. And then uh, at this point, that's what I'm saying. What spot do you have 
for Vaughn. It's really like he's a man without a position, honestly, because you got Eloy in left. And they're committed to that, right? And they're they're committed to Eloy that. Yeah, they... Like he's, you know, you know, after he got hurt, I thought like, oh, yeah, they're just going to make him be Another... DH and they're yeah. not. You, 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 you committed to him in left, like, like Matt just said. You got Robert in center. He's not moving. He's not going anywhere. And it wouldn't make sense to put Vaughn. He Vaughn definitely not no center fielder. And you got right field. You got Cespedes. You just signed this guy, Oscar Colas. So, I mean, it's not like you really see Vaughn as a, a right fielder. And let's be honest, could he catch some balls out there? Sure. But he's going to be a defensive liability out there as far as actually running balls down and throwing guys out. And also, you know, like you talk about defensive liability, do people understand right field is a lot harder to play than left? Like a lot no doubt, fucking bro. harder to play yeah. than left. There's a reason Eloy's in left because I feel you can just put anybody in left and you'll live with whatever. Yeah, I mean, look okay. at look at my man Manny. He lived in left for years. Yeah. <laughs> a mistaken left will cost you a double. A mistaken right will cost you a triple and clear it the could, bases. Could cost you Probably inside the park runs. Run. Right. You know, so... Honestly, it's not a spot for Vaughn. Like, Vaughn, Vaughn could be this great hitter that everybody think he's going to be. Nobody knows, honestly. But if you can use him to get a piece now that you know is going to help you win, then you do it. I mean, shit, you didn't already made horrible trades if you Rick Hunt anyway. Shit, you traded Tatis. <laughs> you traded Marcus Simeon. All those guys was MVP candidates. So you might as well fucking trade Vaughn if it's right, going to help right, you win. Right now would be the best time to go back for Tatis. Call San Diego. That would be the best time right now to get him back. We'll get him. Broken, I think the White Sox won that trade. I mean, that guy isn't even a shortstop anymore. <laughs> hey, I'll he, tell you he's what. A, he's a broken man. He's an out, a $300 million broken outfielder. He's not even a shortstop anymore. So <laughs> He's the Jay Williams of baseball. Yeah. I don't get all I know is James Shields never got hurt in a motorcycle accident. That's all. <laughs> well, I mean, but he was Big garbage game, on the White Sox. Oh, my God. He, James he Shields was terrible. He was. It was over for him when the White Sox got him. But I'm just saying. But he, but he's the last 200-inning pitcher, if I'm, if I'm uh, wrong, right? I mean, is. <laughs> That's true. That's because he never called That's off. Impressive. He never called off. That's because the White Sox was terrible, and they just kept throwing him out. <laughs> <laughs> Go eat innings. Yeah, get your money worth, you know, but <laughs> – you got to think. Way, did you see those, those fucking Padres players like all getting in the the golf cart? Oh together my after? god! Like, Dude, I thought doing? some I, I thought something bad was gonna happen. And if you look, <laughs> it looks like they went to take off, and the front two wheels came off the ground. I'm like, oh my fucking god, they, they're gonna all die. <laughs> like literally, they the day after Tatis, you know, comes out, <laughs> oh yeah, motorcycle accident. Hey, let's all try to get on a golf cart. It's no discipline. No discipline over there at all. No. They should have fucking hired Ozzy. We'll they should have. first. They should have. Matt, where do you think Freddie Freeman ends up? I mean, it's got to be L.A., right? I mean, the Rays aren't going to pony that money up. I mean, maybe they do, maybe but I can't San see that happening. Maybe San Diego. Nah, maybe Dodgers. I want to uh, go to the Dodgers. I, mean, yeah, I think the Dodgers, man. Like, it's – they have the money. They have unlimited funds. They got stupid money. Yeah, all these but, fucking teams have stupid money. No, all they these got, fucking they got all these teams ain't got stupid, stupid listen, money. Listen, so listen, I just got listen, stupid money. Listen, these but owners have still, stupid money. Okay, you, you, Junior, you going, you, you going to the club with a bag of dollar bills? They going to the club with a bag of hundred dollar bills. It's a difference. <laughs> they got stupid, <laughs> stupid money. Yeah, no, okay. I, I think he's going to LA. Um, I mean, Rizzo's gone. 
you know, those poor Yankee fans, man. I know they're melting, thinking they were going to get Freeman. <laughs> my heart, my heart goes it. out to the Cubs fans. Who want, my heart yeah. goes out to the Cubs fans Fuck who wanted down. to give fucking Anthony Rizzo a hundred million fucking dollars. That's uh, my heart. Hey, I'm gonna be honest though. Anthony Rizzo was one of the most overrated players to me. Bro, I remember listening. I remember listening a few years ago to ESP One Thousand. Like this was like eighteen or nineteen. And like David Kaplan was on the radio and I don't mind Kaplan, but he's talking and he goes like they're talking about how like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo and them are free agents at the same time. And they're like, well, you got to pay Anthony Rizzo. It doesn't matter what he gets to. He's the face of the franchise. He is this generation's Mr. Cub. I'm like, you don't just pay somebody because of what they've done for you. OK, you've, it's, it's what they've done for you recently. Anthony Rizzo has not been a good baseball player in the last few years. He just hasn't. Remember, it was a debate like. Four years ago, maybe three years ago. Better than Abreu. Him and Abreu, and at the time, I believe, uh, the sh- who was the short- Which is a sick fucking debate. Who was the shortstop for the Cubs? Uh, Baez. 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 And Tim Anderson, who was better? Now, I don't think it's even a debate. Well, I th- okay, I'll-, I'll say this. In defense of Cubs fans, the year Javier Baez had, that one year he finished second MVP, that was... That was a monster year. He was a fucking dog. And I think that's when the debate was there. And White Sox fans were trying to say it's Tim Anderson. It's Tim Anderson. Yeah, that was the climax. I think, yeah, that that, that was Javi Baez. Is like, fuck, I need to sign it. But Rizzo and, Rizzo and Abreu, that discussion should have never been close. I mean, like, don't get me not. wrong. You can say Rizzo is a better defender with his glove. I get, okay, I, but, I, I but take Abreu my has gotten Abreu has gotten yeah. really good. Oh, yeah, he's got years. really good. Like, he hasn't been a liability by any means. He, yeah. You know, ball gets yeah. hit to him. He does his job. But so. but bat-wise, you know Abreu giving you 30, 100. He's going to slug over 500. You can't beat that. He's going to hit about 280 to 300. You can't you can't beat what Abreu's going to give you, man. He's been the most one of the most dependable baseball players. Actually, it saddens me as a White Sox fan. He started his career so late because he's not going to reach that Hall of Fame potential that we know he, he would have reached if he had started over here early. Abreu would have been a Hall of Famer. It's too bad he started so late in his career, you know. I thought you know, Anthony I thought Anthony Rizzo made a big mistake when he turned down that 70 million or whatever million, the Cubs yep. offered him and yep. it turned out that's I mean he lost 40 million dollars because <laughs> I don't know why he would have done that. And people were going to get over like the Goldschmidt deal 110 million. I said there's no way he's got a bad back. You know, he's not getting that. But yeah. I don't know. And I mean that, Goldsmith that is a monster like a, too though. That bad back was like a reoccurring injury. It seemed like every three to four every weeks, every couple months. Up. Yeah, it was flaring up on him. I mean, well, what I about that know. Bryant deal? I mean, what the hell are the Rockies doing? I mean, why would they I, ever? I, I don't base? fucking. They might be in the Freeman actual third baseman, unlike Bryant. I right. I don't understand. I don't that get it either. Because two years ago you trade fucking Arenado, and then you go out and you fucking spend money for him. like. Cool. More money, and now dollars. you don't yeah. even have a no trade. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't understand it. I, I, I didn't get it. I, that's Drew Hot Rosenhaus just working his fucking magic. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible franchise right there, though. It is. Oh, they're off. Awesome. Yeah. Like, we don't have it. We don't have it so bad, right? We, I mean, we can be. <laughs> yeah, we're better than the Rock. You can't think about this. You can't even call Jerry cheap no more. He got a top five payroll. It's a, it's a GM not spending the money, right? You know, I look into that, man, like, but but when the Sox won the World Series, like, that 10 years, you know, a few years before and after, like, they were top five in payroll, top 10 consistently, 
top five a few years and even top three a few years. So I think it was somebody on the score said, oh, the first time they've ever been a top five payroll. Like, that's not true. Jerry will spend money if they have a team that could win. And, yeah. you know, it kind, of, it kind of snuck on me this time when they're like, oh, they're up to 180 million. Like, you know what hurts? They were 130 million. And you probably agree with this, Matt. You know what hurts Jerry? Is he just don't believe in giving that? He'll spend the money, but he just don't believe in giving that long deal, a 10 year yeah. deal, 10 yeah. year, yeah. 300, 400 million dollar deal. Which how great would that Harper money? I mean, if they would have gave Harper the, the deal that Harper got right now, imagine him and right field. Oh. He's only, I think his AAV is 25 million. With him and Eloy and Robert? Monster numbers. You're making uh, You're him making Eloy and Robert, Matt? That would probably be the, that would be the best bank. outfield the White Sox have ever had. I would. It, it might be the best outfield. And for $25 MLB. million, you know, for a long-term deal, I mean. And that deal, if I'm not even mistaken, that deal is so deferred out, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, that they're going to be paying him like 15 years after he's fucking gone. Like, yeah. whatever. Oh, God, it upsets the fuck out of me. I was it, looking at the other day, though. Day. I'm still Bryce Harper's my favorite player in the league. I am still fucking more upset about the Manny Machado deal. Like that, that breaks my fucking heart. That was oh man. I, I thought think, he I was, think Ken thought about throwing his uh, White Sox hat away with the Manny Machado. Yeah, I love <laughs> Manny Machado. <laughs> he was the <laughs> hey, when I, I saw Ken when I saw the garbage can <laughs> with matches and lights. When I saw that motherfucker put up his gloves for the 2018 or 19 season, whatever it was, and they were all oh, black yeah. and white. I'm like, it's a done deal. It's a done deal, motherfuckers. Manny Machado is going to be a bad guy. The thing is. White and black. And I'm like, fuck this guy. The man. thing is, that was probably, it was probably a done deal. I don't, I think people give Gomez shit, but I think Gomez was correct. It's just the Padres came in well, at the dude, last minute, you know. Ken Rosenthal came out and he didn't say like the White Sox were going to be the thing, but Ken Rosenthal came out and said the White Sox had the highest offer at 250 million. Like the night before, I think he the said. The night before, yeah. yes. Yeah. He said the White Sox had the offer. It was a night or two nights before he signed, and then he said the Padres literally came in at like last minute, 300 million, yeah. here you go. I think and Gomez then, had it right. You can clarify, and I give him shit because he, he sounded stupid as fuck, and I know it's Max Boy. Kenny Williams gets on TV that day or the following day after Machado signs. I remember I was driving up to Minnesota. And Kenny Williams says, we had the highest offer. We had the highest offer out there. They came in at the last second. And then he spills on some stupid shit like, we thought we had the best offer. No, you didn't. It's $300 million over $250 million. But, yeah. Well, like I, the guess, White Sox- I guess the Sox offered him three fifty if he... You know, yeah. The if he met some incentives, no, no, no. It was like it was that. it was eight for two fifty, and then if he met incentives, it was ten yeah. for three hundred. Yeah, us, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Sox had the highest offer, but fuck the Padres. Who the fuck wants uh, to play San Diego? I mean, well, Junior, the same thing happened to the White Sox back when the Rangers took uh, Alex Ray Rodriguez. Rod. <laughs> Ray Rod, yeah, they they yeah, was close to it. that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, where you know, the fuck's the Reinsdorf that got Albert Bell, right? I mean, my, my understanding of it was he was proving a point to the league, like, I'll get whoever I want. And it was yeah. between Bonds He backed out of that Bell. real quick, though. Yeah. It was two, two years later, <laughs> yeah. he got rid of him because he didn't want to pay him more. Like, what the fuck? There was well, a I fucking think the team, team in his contract. The team wasn't winning, too, though. That played a role. Like like Matt said, if, if the White Sox winning, Reinsdorf would get loosey-goosey with his wallet. If they losing, then he like when I'm finna spend money, when I'm finna spend money money on this for it. It don't it don't make any sense. 
I just think Han, to me, has to use his resources better. Like being that heavy on the bullpen as far as money-wise, that makes no sense to me. Because if you look at what he, what he's paying Kimbrell this year and then what he'll be paying uh, Kelly this year, that's about 30-plus mil right there for one year. Well, Kim- and then Hendricks Kim- and Graveman. I mean, Kim- you're, you're in the 60, you're- almost 60 million. Kim- so- Kimbrell's at 17. Uh, Kelly's at nine and a half. I'm, Graveman, didn't Graveman get like three for 30 or something? He got a good deal, too. He got a good deal. <laughs> yeah. So right there, you're at 30 million. That's and Simeon paying, money. Let's say 15. That's Simeon, right, Simeon money, man. That's yep. Simeon money. Just, just, yeah, there you go. Let's be honest. Would you rather have Kimbrough, Kelly, Graveman, or would you rather have Marcus Simeon? I think Marcus what Simeon makes the most impact. I'd rather have Simeon because you just build your pen. That you know, I mean, guys step up, right? Yeah. I mean, whoever has the hot hand, you figure it out. But I would definitely have Simeon. Yeah, right. right. And that feels the need in second. You got Tim Anderson at short. <laughs> Simeon at second. We now we don't care who the right fielder is. You can put Vaughn out there. We'll still be happy. You know what I mean? Because we got Simeon at second. It's, you gonna, know? it's gonna be Castellanos. I'm telling you. I'm gonna speak <laughs> it into existence. Hey, I hope you. I hope yeah. you're right. I mean, Ken said earlier, though, I mean, Luis Castillo, the more, you know, the Reds with that fucking fire still, like it's going to cost because he's a free agent after 2024. So you have three years. So it's definitely going to take Vaughn plus. But if it's Vaughn plus crochet, do you do it? I mean, I would, you know, I would, it, too. It, I would it, too. It would, I would. It would do something. It, 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 would, it would take it would take a lot to get him. But, you know, he's for sale. I, I would yeah. do it. Do we even know if Crochet a starter? We don't even know. I don't. I don't think he's a starter. Uh, they, they they fucked that up. I mean, they sh- I get it. He when he came out, you know, in the COVID year. I mean, he was a killer. But now you basically derailed his career and his development. You mm. can't just throw him in the starter role. There's not even a conversation. I mean, yeah. Matt, I mean, you have to send him down to the minors. To it's the same shit they're doing. The same shit they're doing with no. Michael Kopech in a sense. You can't. You can't just. Especially coming off Tommy John missing two seasons, two two calendar years, and then you have him come out of the bullpen. You have him on an innings count last year, and now this year, and granted, he's hurt again or he's sick, whatever the fuck it is. Now you're going to come out and say Michael's going to be a starter. You cannot expect this guy to give you 30 games for 170 innings. You can't. One, I don't think he's going to do it, and two, that's not fair. He's not going to do it, and if not fair, and if you do it, you probably. Risk injuring that guy. He's not going to yeah. give you 170 innings. That's being unrealistic, you know. So, yeah, yeah you got to hope for like 130, 140. Yeah, 130. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he can't do that two years from now because who knows? I mean, maybe he develops into that. Have him come out of the bullpen the first half, then the second half, boom, you're a starter, and and you throw Dallas Keuchel in the bullpen, then you ain't paying that motherfucker 20 million next year. So it's a win-win. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, that's what he, they have he to get, get his you know, another starter if if they give him an iron or you know, I mean, just to offset those innings that Kopech isn't going to hit. Right. You know, they almost they almost have to go with a six man rotation with Kopech in there. Right. Yeah. For sure, and Keiko because you don't want him hitting one sixty. No. Yeah. <laughs> and he, then you could get out from him next year. Oh God. Oh my. You God. would charge yeah. Dallas Keiko for a fucking picture, Ken? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> a piece of shit. <laughs> that was a that was a terrible uh, signing. Now that you look at it, if you think that's why I say he's wasting resources. Honestly, you know what I mean. Like, I would have liked him the year before they signed him. 
Because yeah. I thought they had a chance when he went to the Braves. I thought they had a chance to get Dallas Keuchel. And obviously, or what's it? Did he go to the Braves? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was at the Braves. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I thought before he went to the Braves, I thought that was the year to get him. And obviously they didn't, but. you know, uh, He had a good COVID year, but then he in did. the playoffs, you know, then he. Yeah. Hey, screwed up in the playoffs with, with your boy Madrigal's help. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't gotta we don't gotta hate on Madrigal, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't celebrate Christmas because of Nick Madrigal. Yeah. I don't want that man sending me no toys. <laughs> you know, what you drinking? Wild Irish Rose or something over there? Ain't no telling what you got going on. Yeah, you talking crazy talk over there. <laughs> so anyway, man, this is close to the end of the show. So at the end of the show, we like to leave people with some thoughts. What you got for them, uh, Jimmy? Uh, back to how we open. Sucks. Going to be without Scott Hall, um, a legend. Uh, now it sucks. Like Justin kind of said, all we have is just memories, YouTube, Peacock, everything like that. Um, and again, if you're a wrestling fan, you know who he is. Um, and everything like I've ever read about him, watched, heard about him, was he was a phenomenal person to like people was very nice um but it's gonna suck losing scott hall and uh yeah i mean nwo is getting old and uh let's hold on to them for as long as we could because uh ken's boy he's not uh he's looking like he's about 300 years old now so hope they can stay <laughs> settle, settle settle around forever <laughs> also 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 <laughs> happy stone cold day oh yeah 316 yes sir amen, amen. what for me, it's please go sign a catcher or, or make a trade for a pitcher. Do something. Please, Rick Hahn. Close the umbrella. <laughs> Let's go, man. <laughs> Get it done. Do something. Make us make us for sure one of the best two teams instead of me just saying maybe they are. <laughs> I want to see it for sure. <laughs> Kid, you're normally not optimistic. You was optimistic. I'm, not, I'm normally I mean, not, but just... I don't see these other teams. like the I know King Justin is in a said, good mood. Justin said four teams in the East. I see Toronto. Those other three ain't as good as yeah, the Sox. Yeah. Toronto. I, I have no problem the Red saying, Sox like, were Toronto. Bro, your fucking Red Sox are dog water. Shut up. <laughs> you ain't even going to have Chris Sale. Yeah, he's hurt already, too. Again. I drafted that scumbag. Yeah, I, give, I give no respect to Boston after they traded uh, Mookie. How can you trade Mookie? How? <laughs> he gets no it's respect It's a business, Mac. I ain't no business, you know. Justin, what are your final thoughts, you simp? Oh, boy. Well, you got to think about it. I woke up to CU Suzuki signing up north. That was pretty bad. And then That's a good I found signing. Out, I'll give it to That's a good fucking sign. That was a great fucking signing for the Cubs. And then the White Sox sit on their hands. They let fucking Chris Bryant go to Colorado for less than $200 million. I got the simps and the wimps, the fucking the fem lords trying to cancel my boy Jay Cuda on the TL. When does it stop? I mean, it's been fucking pain as a White Sox fan since October. I can't turn the fucking calendar. You're giving me the same old Rick Hahn, the same old dry ass liberal takes, the mob action y'all doing. When does it stop? I look like a fucking simp. And a whip on bad guy radio complaining about you assholes, bro. I got the fucking the White Sox Twitter king Ken Woe on my show. And I'm still complaining about you fucks. You people make me sick. I'm still a White Sox fan. That's it. 
Wow. What you got, Matt? He went, he went a little hard yeah. on that. He? <laughs> he did. He, he did. stepped up a yep. little bit. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm sipping with the just simple. <laughs> has to finish this offseason strong, right? I mean, there's still guys out there fucking spend the money like he said he would. Get a right fielder. Get another starter. Let's call it a day and go to war. Um, other than that, most importantly, apparently another guy here has the same anniversary as I do. That is true. Um, that is true. So happy anniversary, Ken, to, to you and your wife. Uh, how many years Ooh, have you guys been married? Same to you guys, man. Uh, we just celebrated 17 on Saturday. Holy fuck. So yeah, I'm, I'm only old. at three. Why? I don't know. Man. I just started late, but uh, yeah. Do you have any tips other than a uh, velvet, you know, smoking jacket to keep the fire burning after? <laughs> That's the most important key. Uh, okay. <laughs> other than that, is uh, you know, just just try to ignore when she's she's acting crazy. I seen you on that one uh, one uh, picture, or gif, video, whatever you got it. That's fucking Bro, meme that, on White Sox that, Twitter. That was the absolute wonderful. best. And so you're you're going down the right track, man. You're going down the right track. You just well, and my like, wife's Hispanic, fuck? so she'll cut my ass if I act up too much. So I have to be careful. <laughs> you might throw oh, the yeah, yeah. at you. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you don't you say pop. that. The social justice warriors <laughs> will be coming after you. You're right. You don't you're right. Want the I, I, I'm cool this whole time. I think I just fucked up. They go cancel you. <laughs> These are credible threats. Already. I'm saying this isn't a hypothetical. These are credible threats towards oh, me. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, but I think the way you played that off was just perfect. And uh, you keep you're doing that. You're, you're going to hit 17. No, no problem. And far beyond that. <laughs> well, congratulations to uh, both you guys. That's good. Appreciate 17 it. and uh, three. And Ken is an old fuck. So that's good. He's still <laughs> out here, you know, doing his thing. I mean, damn. Yeah, yeah. I got an early start, Mac. I was yeah. 25 when I got married. <laughs> oh shit, that's around my age. Yeah, yeah. When I got when I when I uh, jumped the broom myself. There you go. Y'all sound yeah. like Ross Geller. Nothing wrong with that? <laughs> Justin, shut up. You gotta pay someone to fucking deal with your ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Justin jumping the broom soon, probably. We'll oh, hundred percent. Pressure on him. Justin gonna pressure. be going to Vegas. He's going to Vegas. When we see Justin taking a picture in front of like, hey Ken, if you're not yeah. if you're not responsible for the. Uh, what is it? The bachelor party? Then you know what? He can't be your nephew no more. Yeah, should, that's right. You should be. I, I need to be uh, responsible for that. Oh uh, no, Uncle Ken is in charge of the bachelor party. You know, I've got some when good places comes, to go in Vegas. When the You'll time like comes, <laughs> bachelor party in Vegas when it's a wrestling event out there. Because I've heard some crazy Ooh. stories about Ken with wrestling Ooh. events. Where he's intoxicated. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've had some good times out there. Good times. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. What you got? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like the Undertaker, I'm back. You know, I've been gone for about two weeks. You know, hiatus, and then I come back to White Sox Twitter and I see the same thing going on. And it's actually pretty sad that majority of White Sox Twitter is catering to a group of people who literally get like ten views. On YouTube, shit is sad, but that's or what they have. We only get four. That's, that's what they have decided to cater to: a group of people that's supposed to be so inclusive, so caring, 
so loving that they got to go back three, five years, six, seven years to find people tweet so they can quote tweet them and make them look like a bad person. That's how confident they is in themselves. <laughs> that they so good at being people that they need to make other people look bad in order for themselves to look good. And these are the people y'all catering to. These are the people y'all elevating. These are the people y'all really believe are good people that they have to go out here and try to publicly humiliate people and damage people and ruin people's lives because they have different ideologies, maybe political than they do. But you so strong in your beliefs. The only way you can get a person to see your view is to destroy them. Or try to destroy them. And you people are the good people. I've never seen a group of people hashtag Black Lives Matter in their bio. But yet, all the black people who are not liberal is blocked. Or don't believe in their fucking uh, viewpoint. Or their ideology. Or they love black lives so much, really. One of the few ran black podcasts on White Sox Twitter they trying to cancel it every day. But yeah, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I mean, you people are really a walking contradiction. And it's sad that you have to go after people in order to make yourselves look good. But guess what? BGR, we got a safe space for everybody who want to be real. We don't care about your political ideology. We don't care who you voted for. We don't care about any of that. We just want to talk to you and get to know you as a person. That's it. No hidden agendas. You don't have to be what we feel you should be in order to be special or valid or a good person. But it just saddens me that some people who I liked on White Sox Twitter, uh, I genuinely support it, has elevated these people, and they can't see how these people out here with the purity test is eventually going to eat them up too. Oh, they coming for you too. Don't worry about it. Because guess what? You're not perfect enough. Just remember that. So with that being said, Bad Guy Radio, 